1: Berwick BMW making a new car resolution. Start your new year in new wheels from Berwick BMW.
2: Rotoflex,
1: world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. The run
3: home. Uh, well, I go along. Love I don't. It. I don't like to create too many waves. As I say, good afternoon to everybody and welcome to the show. I don't. A, that, I don't. It, yes no, no, do. no. Once upon a time I might have, not anymore. I'm too old now. I don't care. But uh, what's going on nice. with the music? What's wrong with it? What, what the, that we started with the old, and then we merge into the new again. Let's just have the new. Yeah, I know. Uh, maybe I there was just a, a transition. It's chaos. Well, Absolute chaos. I don't know if it's chaos. I'll go home and have a few beers. I'm going to take some uh, ownership but, of all that, please, and just sort it out, if you wouldn't mind.
4: Well, yeah, I don't know. I think
3: maybe A Rod's just—he's um, uh, gone through a very emotional well, couple. of... Couple of
4: weeks. In no, fact. he's had a
3: tra- he's had a, d- a tough day because he's been road raged. Today. Terrible,
4: frightening, frightening. Experience. It is.
3: It's terrifying. There's some terrif You know what you mm. got to do? Don't engage. If you sense there's someone on the road who's there's a moron cutting you no, off, just and he, and you give them the little toot-toot. No, don't. Just no toot No toot-toot. Let him too-toot. drive. No well, he right. might. You All right, have... good. Have it. Have a road rage incident. No, but it's a polite toot-toot. A- it, it wasn't a, ra- a full on. <clears> throat> no, throat> no, throat> just Have a road rage incident, mate. If somebody is at the lights and they're looking at their phone and they've missed the green no, light, but if someone's not...
4: cutting you off and you need them to stop it. Not, not, but just stop so you don't have an accident.
3: A little polite, ba No, that's a, that, it. That matters of road safety are uh, different. Well, that's what but, he was engaged but if, in. But then it became a road. Clearly, the bloke did not respond well to a Rod's initial toot-toot. No, from well, from the moment you realise the person is being aggressive to the toot-toot, yeah. What's the point? No, well, that's what he did. He tried to back off, but get, the aggression I, just continued. Move out in the, into another lane and drive forty kilometres now until the bloke drives away from you. And the bloke chased him. Get
4: get what away from do? the bloke.
3: Get away from the bloke. You let mean, him the go. guy's chasing him. Andy. Let him go. Don't engage. Is my well, the one hundred percent? Well, I don't know what you want him to do then. Just let him smash in you because you can't toot. So then what do you do? So you're saying get out on the road and have a good old Donnybrook with no, the bloke. No, not at have all. Have a little bit of a no. a little dog fight with someone on the freeway. <laughs> not at all. That's... Ah, you're entitled to do it because the bloke's acting like no, a goose. No, you've, mis- you've misread the whole
4: situation. He's getting cut off, a little too, too, just to show the so guy. I'm here, I'm here. I'm yep. here. Good, so yep. then, we should, well, then we should carry on. But if the knucklehead then gets upset, gets behind you and going right up your kyber, just, that's not on, Keith. What do you do? Just drive your car, mate. And well, that's what, that's what he was doing. Well, the bugs up behind him, mate. The bugs behind him. Like a metre yeah, away well, from him. Yeah, well, so
3: it. if he's going to crash into you. Well, Look yeah, at him. He's not a rides petrified. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not well. well he's not, he's not well now. He's, he's a trembling mess, and I can understand why. All I'm oh, saying is once yeah. the bloke's up your clacker and he's acting like a goose, you just concentrate on your driving. That's what he, he did do. He will get sick of you after a while. He'll go, party. he'll pull up alongside, he'll flip you the bird. That's exactly and, what happened. And then let him drive well, away. That's exactly what happened. That's not what happened. That's, that's not what happened. happened. That's Isn't not what A-Rod? happened. Or other things happened. It went on for longer. Well, I didn't you tell you. You clearly didn't hear the entire story. story. Just don't engage, folks. Calm down. The road's mm. a dangerous place as It, it is. is. You don't need to be getting involved in that sort of stuff. And is there more and more of this? Are there people identifying more and more of this sort of yep. angry behaviour on the road? Of course they are. I have. Why
4: is it happening? Uh, because people need to be places quickly. They're getting frustrated. They've got challenges in their lives. That but hasn't, hasn't We're everybody, a divisive nation. Everybody would
3: like to get to where they're going as, as soon as possible. I right? know. but so We're all the same.
4: That's right. But they all feel like that if there's something that they believe is not right,
3: they go to new levels, and it's just it's, just, it's brutal out there. Brutal. <laughs> it's not good. But anyway, we're full of light and mm-hmm. happiness on the show today. We've got a big show. Andy Harper's going to join us out of four to have a chat about this bombshell, the bombshell findings against oh, Andy, Manchester City. Go we do on. have a lot of lightness, but before let's just just, just – before we move on to the lightness,
4: Please can start. I just send a shout out to our uh, good Turkia friends? Oh, absolutely! You that can. they and Syrian friends have gone through horrific a natural disaster that has not been seen in a long, long time. No, it's a very good point, and I've saw it on the news today, and I was touched. So, for all our uh, Turkia fans that are listening, our hearts and everything that we have to offer. Go out to you here, and here. hopefully all the very best through a very very difficult time.
3: Here, here, Andrew. And while so that's the uh, international micro. Yes. Can I do a domestic? Sorry, that's the international macro. macro. Can I do a domestic micro? I'd, I'd like to. hear Michael it. Roach, good friend of everybody oh, here around, around and yes. has been from day one at Sen. Obviously, been a partner of Sen for a yep. long time with his company. Uh, advertising on the radio station and he's actually uh, looks after the super of a lot of people as a result of that uh, around this organization does a wonderful wonderful job mm. known and loved by people uh, on either side of the fence mm. in the world of footy um, rachi had a, a pretty serious heart attack he last night and hes uh, in intensive care so uh, hopefully you know that'll they' they're remarkable now that mm. Medicare is the way they can get people through these yep. incidents um, but speedy and full recovery, please. And mm. to friends and family of Michael Roach, mm. uh, know that everybody at this radio station's thinking about the big
4: fellow. his nickname again? Disco, Disco. Yeah. of course it was. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy, for those that uh, are out there and you just, sometimes your anxiety gets the better of you when you're on the road. Yes, that's why you've got to be careful. Joe has made a good point because I watched this movie, the Russell Crowe movie, Unhinged. Have you seen that one? No, I have not. Oh, my God. Goodness. Is this a road rage a type? A simple little toot-toot. And then old mate said, well, I just need you to apologise and we move on. Toot-tot. And uh, there was no apology forthcoming. And then it was just on for young and old and ending in a disastrous well, set of circumstances.
3: See, I, I know we all want to just apologise to me and, and everything will be mm. fine, right? But don't mm. even... Why do you need... I understand who we are and I understand people and all that sort of... But, but if somebody's clearly unhinged Mm -hmm. as is the name of the movie and clearly wants to be an imbecilic aggressor (laughs) on the road, for goodness sake, while you're driving your car, just let the moron go. Mm. There's not, there's no great prize to be won here for feeling like you've won up a moron.
4: I do not engage like in that.
3: smashing your head into a brick wall. Don't do it. You want to come in? In you come. No <laughs> problems. But I, I take the initial point. If hmm. somebody feels like they're going to crash India, then a, a little too is perfectly. But that's often what sets off the road rage type behaviour. Andy Harper's going to join us. Peter Hady's going to join us. Now, the AFL Life memberships were handed out today. And congratulations to everybody who was awarded with the various awards. And they're all thoroughly deserved. And there's some magnificent football people amongst a lot of them, Trent Cotchin, Todd Goldstein, Josh Kennedy uh, from the West Coast Eagles and the Blue Baggers, Paddy Ryder, Steel Sidebottom, Lisa Hardiman, uh, Bruce McEvaney, Eddie Maguire, all for various reasons been out, handed out, uh, the annual awards by the AFL, and each and every one of them thoroughly deserved. The Jack Titus Recognition of Service Award went to the historian and museum cur- curator of your mm-hmm. footy club, mm-hmm. um, Peter Hady. Now, these people don't get a lot of recognition as a rule, well, Peter Haby is coming on our show today to talk mm. about uh, the life of a, cu- a museum curator and historian at a footy club. And, and we've learned in more recent times just the importance of, of
4: making sure your history is well and truly documented because, you never know, you might get uh, some question marks about some of your flags you might have won over the uh, course of the journey. You know, who knows if they, back oh. in the 1860s, if they had a, perhaps had a, a someone like uh, Peter uh, On the books. Yes. Maybe things might be a little
3: bit different. Well, you should ask him when he comes on. As Mm -hmm. a historian Mm -hmm. and a curator of history, Mm -hmm. you should ask him what he thinks of Colin Carter's proposition, yeah. that the history of the game needs to go back to 1870, not start at 1879. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke to Colin Carter on the show last week about that proposition. That's going to be put to the AFL Commission for serious consideration. It'd be mm-hmm. great to get somebody like Peter view on all of that. All of that's on the show, uh, heaps to get through, one three hundred seven three six. Oh, and Tommy Atkins is going to join us too, by the way. Mm-hmm. wonder whether they're doing any silly stuff. I noticed another one from the Giants. mm mm-hmm. Giants are going cocoa bananas oh, not, not on there, camp. Not more silly stuff. Yeah, who can Wait. eat a donut the fastest?
4: Oh, that's just boys having a bit of fun, isn't it?
3: Donut eating competition. Who can eat a donut the fastest? Mm. So they've done brown or white rice. Glazed, glazed, or just uh, I don't know, or sugar dusted. G- just a full-on jam donut, mm. I reckon. They've done the brown or white rice separation. They've done the eat the silkworm eggs, like a plateful of them, and now who can eat a donut the fastest? They're having a great time. And hopefully, someone at that footy club believes that it's going to lead them to, um, you know, greater success and team harmony mm. on the football field. And I, I wish them all the very best. Do, do, but I wonder whether Tommy Atkins and the well, Cats are doing. Well, any I was going to say, sort of is uh, Geelong engaged in any of that type of behaviour? Well, why don't we ask T. Atkins about that when he joins us on the show? When is he going to come on? He's what coming time? on at uh, at about uh, twenty to four, I believe. Oh, well, that's something to bookmark. Oh, I would have thought so. <laughs> yes. I would have thought so. Hey, while we're, in the, uh, while we're in the business of um, acknowledging people, yes, uh, the great Aaron Finch, who's just been on with ah, The, the yes. Pipe, a uh, magnificent interview. The Pipe is the master. He seems to get him. He's the ma- Well, they want to be on his show. Just a couple of hours before <laughs> us, unfortunately. He pinched one of ours yesterday, but Jason Berendorf was fantastic nonetheless. Oh, so we thank, you for, thank you for coming on I'm a fine guy. Thank you for coming on the show. Mm. Um, but Aaron Finch was available at the time, and Finch, he has now retired from all forms of international cricket. Mm. What a contribution. Is he P- still going to be involved in the BBL? Well, that's not international cricket. No, I know. It's domestic just, cricket. It's a, okay, we, full stop on that one. Right. Next question. Is he still <laughs> going to be involved in the BBL? I think he probably would be. Yeah, That's well, a nice little retirement fund, isn't it? It's a bit of hit and giggle for, you know, 10 weeks here and there. Well, I reckon he'd
4: be putting his hand up for the, some of the international stuff, oh, the no IPL. Question. No question. Is he, about did that.
3: he get um, picked uh, up in no, the no, IPL? I don't drive? believe he did, no. I'm not sure he on that didn't. one. He didn't. I don't believe he did, no. Well, no, I think he'd been. Trending the one day marginally. form wasn't spectacular. He'd been trending marginally in the wrong direction, but uh, turned the clock back with his BBL twelve campaign. Well, that's Absolutely it. magnificent stuff. Uh, so on behalf, he might of be on the supplementary list that uh, gets the call up. Isn't there a list? Oh, in case do get injured. And stuff. Yeah, that yeah. is true. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, true. Um, so on behalf of all Australian cricket fans, I know uh, Finchie will still be listening because mm-hmm. he loves. He loves your contributions on the wireless. Absolutely, he so, does. So, Aaron, thank you on behalf of all Australian uh, cricket fans for all you've done. No, magnificent. Uh, it no, is. No question about that. Mm. Uh, so, join in one three hundred seven we are here for Beric BMW and uh, Blunston. Of course, this is the trade is our for race as Australian may built to last. Mm. What's wrong? We've
4: got some gross generalisations coming on uh, about drivers. Go on. Um,
3: well,
1: well, if anybody's... Apparently... Middle-aged a good...
4: bald men are oh. worst drivers ever. Uh, why are you looking at me? Gordon, uh, <laughs> Owen. Why are you looking at me? And there's a few others that we, we won't mention, but, yeah, no, we don't have to. generalisations popping up. If Apparently they... the um, Camry drivers oh. are the new Volvo drivers. Now, I don't know what that means, but Brett and Bacchus Marsh has safe. made a gross generalisation.
3: Safe. Oh. W- weren't Volvo r- 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 drivers the Volvo cars regarded are regarded
4: for... as being very safe.
3: I always thought Volvo drivers were regarded as being particularly uh, conservative on the road. Okay, maybe that's that's, the point. Maybe that's it. Maybe uh, whoever Mm. wrote that would like him to drive a bit quicker. Mm. maybe get out of the way a bit more. Catter says Finch is committed to the BBL next season. Of course season. he is. Mm. No doubt about that. He would have spoken to the Pipe about it. You and I were a bit busy in our pregame talking about some of the big stuff going around and some of the little stuff. There's some fascinating things to talk about today. There's a few little nuggets out there. No there. doubt about that. Uh, the Manchester City stuff. Uh, Harps this is going to join us after four, so he knows more about sort of. In typical Andy Harper fashion, we'll do a deep dive into the, you know, the real heart and soul of the story when he joins us. But we've sort of ploughed our way through this, given that it broke, you know, overnight, our time last night, and more will come out as they wake up over in the UK and the rest of Europe uh, throughout the day. But... This does seem 106 charges leveled against Manchester City dating back Oof. to 2009, going all the way through to 2017. A whole lot of charges that they've already dealt with yeah. uh, in that UA for an investigation from a couple of years ago that found Manchester City barred from European competition for two years. Manchester City didn't like that finding. They went to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. CAS, we've heard a lot about them, and that's being revisited in the newspapers here because of what Eston went through 10 years ago in recent times. They overturned UEFA's finding, allowed City back in. But now the EPL has doubled down on this. In fact, more than doubled down. They have done a deep um, investigation, independent investigation into... These matters, uh, and they have now charged Manchester City City with Mm. 106 breaches.
4: That's right. And uh, it's an interesting one because Juventus has just gone through it as well. Now, to me, this scene, there's a lot of similarities between Mm. what's taken place there, and they were deducted, uh, I think their fine was about uh, 10 points, if I remember correctly. And it's all about – and it's a weird one because it's not like bills aren't getting paid. And it's but, not like they're match fixing. No, and there's no cap. No. There's no salary cap. But no. what they are obliged to do, this financial fair play that uh, UEFA puts in place – The FIFA. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. that FIFA put in place. Yep. Uh, is, it's about them declaring – the business of each club. Every so they cent have, spent. Tell us every cent yeah, you are spending. Much yep. you get, yep. How much revenue you get, how much you you spend, player salaries, coaches' salaries, the whole box and dice. And there's a reason for that. Well, there is, and, and it's based on the longevity of the clubs Correct. and making sure that because you've got private enterprise coming in, well, I assume it is anyway, that if a owner all of a sudden says, you know what, I'm sick of this, and walks away... You don't spend beyond your means. ...that you still have a club. Correct. Now, I guess... And, Andy, you help me out here. But with Manchester City, with their enormous wealth of their the, owners, the owner involved. It's
3: bottomless, mate.
4: But it is bottomless. But here's where it gets a little murky in my view. It's that there are no salary caps. There's no those other rules. Correct. And if you have a means
3: for which you can bring revenue into the club. Yeah, well, this is being disputed by the Premier League. Mm. The Premier League's disputing. That some of the figures attached to sponsorships claimed by Manchester City are actually filtering into the club. That whether they exist to the but levels, they're, they're this paying is, their bills though. No, e. no, but that's because the people that mm. own the club, yep, are a nation. Uh, they're a nation-owned football club. Correct. The money that the money that is paying for Manchester City mm-hmm. is not coming from ticket sales and sponsorship. No, not all of it. No, of course not. It's coming from the owners. It is. So but what's wrong with that? Why is that? Because what happens if the owners mm. wake up tomorrow and say, you know, we've had enough of this. We've had our fun. We're out. But what happens? That. What happens to the club? But but that oh, happens in no, other clubs on different scales. So oh, there's it a it different does. economies of scale. They're true. But this is what the, these, regu- these FIFA mm. fair play regulations, my understanding is why they're in. If you've got a view on all this, feel free to share at one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I mean, based on what you know, what should probably happen to Manchester City is mm. going to be be the big question. But that's what these rules are. Surely that's mm. what they're. In place for these fair play regulations, so that if the Abu Dhabi mob who yes. own Man City decide they're out, mm-hmm. that the club is actually a viable ongoing concern. But if, it's not even that. Here is the th- this is my point. If if they walk away in
4: any way, shape, or form, yep. the business model becomes like it would be for they Leeds or or, yep. or one of those smaller clubs. Yep. So but the arse
3: falls out of Man City, mate. But if it's going to ha- fall out. If that's going to happen regardless. No, you can have a lot of – you can have a smooth transition from one ownership group to another, and it doesn't necessarily affect the performance of the football club at all. If this, that, that, that's what you're aiming for, surely. Not if you want to compete for, for titles.
4: You have to find a benevolent benefactor – if you look at true. The, you need a benevolent benefactor no. that's prepared to write out checks that's, Correct. that the business can't sustain without that benevolent true, benefactor. True, true,
3: true. No doubt about that. But, the, but what the fair play regulations are all about is to make sure, we just want to make sure that you're not over, that the spend is not ridiculous. Mm. It's not out of the realms that somebody else, if required, could meet the right. bills if you decided to no, leave I them understand. behind. I yeah. understand.
4: I do understand. But to me, that's one, extraordinarily hard to police.
3: How you well, can Particularly if people that? aren't cooperating, if they're not well, giving right. you the figures, mm. and that's what they're being charged with mm. for cooking the books. Well that's right. That's what they're being charged with. Mm. Uh, twenty-one minutes past three. If you've been following Manchester, there's all sorts of potential points, mm. titles being docked, relegation out of the Premier League, Yep. all sorts of potential. That's not gonna happen. All sorts of potential. That's not if penalties you take the available Juventus, to them. Uh, example: What
4: should happen to them? Feel free well, to tell. Well, you us. use that as an example. They just got, got docked points. Well, if that is
3: that enough, fifteen points off their season this year is that They'll enough? Probably wrecked the competition. You might oh, as well, we'll hand remember. the trophy. Uh... Well, Arsenal would be quite happy about it. So, uh, yeah, that's what that happened. Is it? Uh, yeah, that puts a smile on Rod's face, and you Woo-hoo! know what? He needs a smile on his dial right now. Mm. It's twenty-one past. Yes.
0: Tell the truth. I wish I was home. <laughs>
3: Uh, just for before you do a couple of callers, the mm. Reserve Bank has officially lifted cash rates by 025 oh, percentage point geez. to three point three five percent.
4: That's a blow to a lot of people.
3: Well, no, it will it will be significant for a lot of people. So it um, is significant, Andy. I know that's why I mentioned it, Andrew. Mm. I am the one who mentioned it. That's oh. why I mentioned it because it's significant. Mm. So uh, that's
4: like Craig Moore just texted out, "Good old mate, remember Craig Maury. Moore, Paul well, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, producer, yeah. producer. Yeah. buy a house." They said, "Next minute." <laughs> that's funny
3: Next minute 3.3 3. no we no well hopefully you know yeah well it's a big issue and hopefully mm. everyone's going to be okay uh, Joe's in Hopper's Crossing he wants to have a chat about the Man City situation which angle do you want to come at the Man City story from Joe uh,
4: look I'm an Arsenal supporter right. um, supported
5: them since 98
3: happy days I'll
4: be honest I don't know how I feel about if City lose points this year, considering how well we're doing, I think there'd be an asterisk next to it. And I think that'll just overshadow the hard work that Arteta and the boys have done this season.
3: Yeah, well, Mm. well, I mean, Pep Guardiola's always said, hasn't he, uh, that if you're doing something, let me know. I don't want to be blindsided by... Anything? Well, he did make a comment well, that he's been blindsided by this. I well, he,
4: did you read his comments, Andy? No. I, well, I read some of them. Yes. Well, he did come out and said that they have reassured me. There is nothing to see here, and they will defend yes. and believe everything is above book. So he can only
3: take that on face value. No, that's true. Everybody's uh, going underground with this now. There's not very many, not a lot of commentary underground around. They're going to, mm. you know, they're just going to let the sort of process right. play out. Manchester City have put out a very one of their uh, key um one of their key executives was door-stopped early, yeah. door early in a day right. and this was his response to the Premier League's uh, announcements.
6: <laughs> wow. Well, I didn't know that. I just uh, you telling me now for the first time. So they,
3: they were caught unaware by the whole thing. They were hey, caught Joe, unaware by the whole thing, Kurt, Joe's
4: still on the line... Uh, Twitter, pick, by the
3: way, has had a field do with it this. It is. No, yeah. Joe's gone. Now, well, Joe, you've picked up a double pass to the
4: South-East Melbourne nice. Phoenix final versus the Perth Wildcats. It's tomorrow night. Nice. I know it's Thursday night. It'll be on. Early, uh, it's the yep. first ever home final yep. in franchise history. Now, for yep. everyone else, tickets
3: are yep. available yep. Yep. at... Andy, yeah. <laughs> tickets are available at Ticketek. I'm still going to ride. Six thirty tip off. That's no, great, mate. Mm. Erling Harland, who's been a superstar, scored twenty five plus goals this year. Been an absolute dy- dynamo at Premier oh, League. you not? He was also doorstop going to training today, uh, oh. and this is what. Hang on, I've just, and there's a chance that I've Erling just, Harland, whom he might be forced to on. leave Manchester City at the end of all this, who Can knows? You spread right.
4: Spread these out because I'm just still stitching myself he, up
3: from the last little game. It's called having right. a go. It's all. It's all. It's called bringing something to the table. Right. You wouldn't know about it. No, I like it. Erling Harland was <laughs> on the way to training today was yes. doorstop we'll with the news that's been breaking and this is what Erling Harling had to say.
1: I'm leaving here with something. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm from round the
3: way. I'm leaving with something. He's going to get his piece on the way out. He's taking some with him, Erling Arling. <laughs> Glenn's in point. Cook. This is,
4: you know what this reminds me the, of. You go on. This is reminds me of Ricky Radio <laughs> when we used to do it with Watto. Remember when Watto used to he have this? He
3: loved this. He, he'd be right loving now, this stuff. Watto's listening yeah. and he's going. He'd be so proud. Yeah, The boys have They've, learned something from me. Yeah, so Apparently, the Premier League have uh, done a radio interview. Uh, local UK radio will play a bit of that for you after the I don't know uh, after the news. Be serious or not? Now, no, no. this. Well, you, you can be the judge right. later on. Uh, Glenn's in point. Cook uh, has jumped on the line. Yep. Uh, you can. Too, it's the uh, King Island Golf Talkback line. Play King Island's Pure Links golf courses. Hello, uh, Glenn. Hey boys, how you going? Very well, thank you.
5: That's good. Just quick one. Um, uh, forget about the Man City stuff. I, they need to look. They need to behave like an ethical club, like Carlton, and uh, you know everything will be okay. So oh, just I like it. it. <laughs> you know, Carlton. <Colden>. Uh, <laughs> We've some silverware,
3: and we deserve it. That's thank all you. I'm going to say. today. Thank
4: you. <laughs> Very nicely said, and that is a. Common thread that's coming off the temper text machine.
3: Well, Carlton got pinned. You're saying just take six well, points off Manchester City and get on with
4: it. They flat out cheated. The well, there salary was cap. a salary cap, that's and that's they right. cheated it.
3: Well, that's true, hmm. but some and people cost their fair that's way. That's right. Some people are saying Manchester City have cheated the rules and regulations by which all clubs sign up to play. But but it's don't a different type of cheating.
4: But it's a different type of cheating. It's cheating. It's cheating. Is it not? No, it's not. Oh, okay. There There's de- acceptable
3: degree. degrees of cheating. No, it's not. Way there is no acceptable,
4: but there are differences.
1: Shall we
3: have a shall we have a chat about this? There are differences, Andy. So. What, Manchester City's cheating, no problems.
4: No, but their team and their performance has not been impacted by this breach. Beg your pardon. This They're winning
3: is- titles because they are not declaring. But how but much you, money they are spending on their performances, which is, in yeah, direct, that, which is in direct opposition to the FIFA fair play regulations. Yeah, but that's got to do with longevity and the club. That hasn't got to do with the actual oh, performance. That oh. doesn't. There There is no salary cap, wow. Andy. If I was the Digi team, if I was Nicky Neg and the boys upstairs, I'd be having a field day with that. No, Andy, you, you're,
4: being, you're trying to defend... Australian
3: Olympic legend says, go your hardest, cheat away, just don't get caught. No, I did
4: not. Wow. I'm saying there are different types of breaches. One of them is an administrative breach where, where, they, where it didn't have any... Any impact on their recruiting, it didn't stop their... Well, fr- hang on,
3: it means they can get players into their club. That no, it if doesn't. They- there is no cap, Andy. Keith, there is no cap. Keith, if they're, not, if they're spending within their, within their means, mm-hmm. in inverted commas, the means that are, are, are sort of tacitly applied by the fair play regulations, yeah. they may not be able to afford to get all these players. That they bring but they to the can, club, but they're not even. They made forty-two million last year.
4: Forty-two million
3: pounds. Yeah, they yeah, profited. Yeah. What I
4: can't argue with what
3: you're saying because what you're saying is not right. Not well, that's wrong. in the report that I'm just I'm, reading. It's here. not wrong. No, 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 I'm no. Re- no I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay, but you're missing the second half of it. You're you don't know, you don't see that they have breached. Oh, they have. Every, oh, no, I'm not okay. disputing Righto. that. Righto.
4: But it's Fine. a different type of breach. It's
3: still a breach. Of course it is. Thank you very much. But it's it doesn't
4: impact the actual team, though. Andy, are you kidding me? Unless I how does it? Because it means the they team. can afford to bring players in that they might not
3: otherwise afford to bring in if they so spend there are, rules, with...
4: are, there are rules in place for that, is there?
3: They're called the FIFA fair Play but regulations. Yes, but, but that's what I'm saying. We so need to get to the if break. If it's an owner se- says, it's 27 minutes I'm to going fight. to contribute this... Cannot wait for that. Cannot wait for that test series to start. Let's hope that every one of those tests goes five days. That's all we care we about. <laughs> one good competitive five-day cricket is what we want after the summer we had with shortened Absolutely. tests. Absolutely. With an Australian win, of course, on day five, we want a day five Australian win. It'd be win nice to lose and a, late in the day. It'd be nice to lose a test early, just to put no. Know. we don't want to lose a test. No, I'd like to lose a test.
2: No, early. you don't. I do. That, that is un. And then we bounce back.
3: And then we bounce back. Oh, that is the most. That
4: is the most ridiculous thing that's ever come out of your. You actually oh. want an Australian? So team when we to were three-one
3: down in the Americas Cup. That didn't add some drama to the whole. Of course it is, but we didn't. Um, well, that's we're what not I'm talking about. for it though. Well, I'm just. I'm not barracking that we she lose it. Like I'm not. I'm just talking about for the drama of the series. It'll mm. be magnificent. Mm. A our great mate. We're we'll going to get to Tommy Atkins in a minute. He's going to join us on the other side of the break from the cats. But our great mates jumped on the line oh, for the first time in 2023. Brady from St Albans. Ah, oh, Brady. Shags, welcome. Next minute, the big boys are back. Guns
5: <laughs> out, guns out today, boys. Oh, maybe not me, because I'd turn into a pink pig if I stay in the sun <laughs> right. too long. A bit like you, Gazy. That right. Happy New Year to you, mate.
2: Yes.
3: Like
5: yeah, you too, boys. Hey, I tell you what, Fair Income Gazy, I've got a rocks and a couple of poxes for you. Speak on it. This, ro- this rocks. I-, I tell you, I've got a permanent part in my hair. It blew me away so hard. <laughs> blown away. Well, actually, the cheese and kisses and I, right? Yeah. We we uh we went to Big W today. Nice. Uh-huh. Went to the runners and shoes section, and we both bought a pair
4: of Gazis. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Ready, boy. Mate, <laughs> hey, hey! I tell you, the most comfortable shoe
5: Thank I've you. ever worn.
4: Ah, oh, you're one a good of man. The
5: ultimate rocks of the year for me. It doesn't matter what happens on a sporting landscape. <laughs> the, that is, and the little tag that comes on it just made my day. I mate. just want
2: to yeah. say, just, oh, I, I'm not going
3: to... That is... No, I'm so heartened by that. I just want to point out that the mm-hmm. Blunston does provide a very comfortable shoe as well. They're not a competitor, different market. I'm just talk, saying, yeah. they're, they're actually oh, yeah. sponsoring our Blunston's show. A so terrific yeah, job. Magnificent shoe.
4: But $39. bucks. let us get back to the point, Brett. Just speak on it a bit more, please. No, no. What are your rocks? Are your poxes, please? You've
3: done enough of that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay.
5: Couple of quick poxes. Yes. Darnay Van Kirk, what a pathetic situation that is. Ridiculous. I've never seen anything more petty, petty in my life. Ridiculous. Mm. The The time trial that she's allowed to play in of disgrace. And the last one, Gazy, Yes. What's going on with Bryce Cotton's citizenship? He's an
4: Aussie now. Yes.
3: Actually, no, well, Brett,
4: I had a bit of to say the other night about now that. have a
3: bit more to say. Thank, great to hear your voice, break mm. Go on, before we get to the break. quickly have 30 seconds. Well, I'm just hopeful that Bryce Cotton will one day become an Australian. Will it I happen think, before the 2024 Olympics? I sincerely hope so. No, but will it? Uh, I think there are some challenges. Should it? Uh, yes, it should. 100%. And if, should he, would he be in our team if he was eligible for selection? Well, if I was in... Picking the team If you are yes, picking the would. team I, Right
4: now Believe it or not there's, I, I love Matisse Thiebel And what he did During the Tokyo Games But right now I think we need scoring Now he's Matisse is an elite defender And I want them both I want them both in there But you can only have one Because of the naturalised rule That FIBA have in play So I think at the very least You want to have that choice Right now we don't have a choice Right now So who can help Fast track this? Uh, well Can anyone help the process? Immigration along? department Well come on What are they doing? AOC, well, come on, Basketball Australia, come on, all of them all get of them together. Get together, let's just get it done and give it an opportunity to happen.
3: I think Tom it At- may not happen. I think Tom Atkins would agree with you. Mm-hmm. He would like to see uh, Bryce Cotton available for hey. selection for the for the Olympic Games of two thousand and twenty-four. And he is going to join mm. us. And
4: hey, Brett, Brett, you're off to the basketball as well. A oh, double no, pass nice. to the southeast Melbourne Phoenix final versus the Perth Wildcats
3: on Thursday. Where are you gays? Where the is. Where the gaysies?
4: Bring the wife. Couple of tickets coming your way, my friend. Love it.
3: Great to have you with us this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the Geelong Footy Club down in Warrnambool starting to really gear up for their title defence in 2023. Magnificent football team. Magnificent football club. Some great stories in amongst the. Uh, those who wore the uh, blue and white hoops in last year's grand final. One of them is Tommy Atkins. He's been good enough to join us on the show. Hey Tom, thanks for your time, mate. We appreciate you joining us.
7: All right fellas. Thanks for having me.
3: Hey, um, you, we know how you came into the AFL. You know, off the rookie list, out of the you know the GFL, and and how have you reflected? I don't know. You probably haven't spent too much time thinking about yourself, but what you were able to achieve, be part of that premiership winning team last year. How have you reflected on that?
7: Yeah, I um it was probably it was all sorta of go 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 for um a couple of weeks after the grand final. So probably wasn't until I got back from my um trip that uh, I got to sit down and just have a think about what what those couple of weeks um meant and um probably the the underlying thing was just um how fortunate I uh, was to be a part of it, be a part of that team and um you know, a lot of stuff has to go right for you got, for your team to win a grand final and um yeah especially for for me to be a part of it um you know I was just very lucky
3: you say that you've come into this team and it's an established team full of outstanding senior footballers and pretty much from the moment you arrived you you've been part of that that team 23 12 22 25 games you've played in your four years what did you have to do did how did you go about establishing yourself at that at that footy club um
7: yeah i think that Probably the grind of being a, an AFL footballer or, or someone who's starting out in the AFL is just trying to find a spot in the team. Mm. Um, and uh, that can sort of um, be in many ways. Um, you know, I started off as a as a high forward, um, putting pressure on. And then uh, when I got squeezed out for the 2020 granny, um, it was pretty obvious I wasn't going to get back into the forward line. So then you sort of try your hand in defence. Um, and then from, from there, just... Um, try and stay in the team, and, and that opportunity came through the midfield. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of guys throughout the league who are um, feeling that way. They just they just want to be in the um, in the 22 that play on the weekend. So you sort of do whatever you can to to get a spot.
2: Perfect.
4: Hey, congratulations on uh, everything you've been able to choose. Andrew Gaze here, and just I'm reading an article uh, as we prepared for the interview, and you're talking last year about just being happy to be in the 22 and. Uh, just having to, to battle away. Now that you're a premiership player, how, do, you, do you feel a lot more comfortable where you sit in the pe- the pecking order because highly competitive environment you're in? Yeah,
7: uh, no, no way. Um, I think you'll see from the, the pickups that we had over the off-season, we've got some um, quality players in, um, both in the trade and in the draft. So, um, yeah, you definitely can't get uh, comfortable at all. Um, and, you know, that's what makes us such a good team. Um, I think the the blokes got left out of the the AFL team um, for grand final. Um, That sort of shows where we're at as a club and um, how strong our list is. So I think it would be an issue for the Geelong footy club if blokes are getting comfortable with their spots.
4: And uh, you've going through a camp situation, been preparing. Uh, Andy and I have been touching on some real quirky uh, leadership activities. Well, I think they're leadership T- activities, team building type, team bonding yeah, yeah, type yeah. things of plucking brown rice from white rice and eating, eating all sorts sil- of eating f- silk worms, funky and- stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we we're just struggling to come to terms of how that actually kicks in. Uh, do you guys get involved in any of that quirky stuff?
7: No, uh, no, nah. nah, I don't know. I've- to see your imagination fellas uh, <laughs> none of that's been going on down here um we've sort of we haven't really spoken um about the leadership side of things We've just been visiting schools and um trying to get around to the kids so um yeah i don't I'm not sure how picking...
3: Brown rice out of white rice translates to footy. We, we don't um, either. God, Sorry. Tommy, you can come and join us in this studio whenever you like, mate. Can you take us beyond yeah. beyond that stuff? We hear stories about how you know Chris Scott and and you know the leaders of the footy department down there at Geelong treat you blokes with real respect. Like mm-hmm. you're grown ups. Yeah, you know, listen, boys, be the train. If you're going to be late, just let us know. If you have to miss a session, let us know. The old blokes, do you? You know, don't join us until January. Just, just get yourself right. Stay away from the club. Stay for all that stuff. We we hear a lot of that out of Geelong. What's the reality like for you, blokes, in terms of the way you're treated by by Scott and the rest of the the off-field leaders at the Footy Club?
7: Ah, uh, yeah, you pretty much nailed it with that. Um, that that sort of stuff only works though if you've got buying in um, from the group and um, blokes don't take the piss. Um, and that was sort of led by Joel, um, you know, over the last ten years and. Um, being carried on now by the leaders that we've got and I think um because of that uh the club is a more enjoyable place to be and blokes actually want to come in on their days off and, and that time where um we're given away from the club I think you'll find guys um end up doing extras in that space as well because um you know it's a lot more enjoyable doing something when you're um you don't have to do it, you're sort of doing it of your own volition. Yeah, so yeah.
2: um
7: yeah I mean it's worked well for us. The argument was that we hadn't one um won a grand final so Um, I guess you could say, you know, one out of however many years, um, you know, we've proven that uh, method right, I guess. But, um, you know, I think it's more about sustainability and, um, you know, how our playing group's been able to do it over a long time. So, um, you know, it's it's good for me. Um, You know, you sort of get to run your own program and um, be treated like an adult.
4: So I enjoy it.
3: You win a lot of games, mate. Mm. You win a lot of games no and you're doubt. knocking on the door yep. most seasons. So whatever you're doing, I reckon it works.
4: Oh, I think they've got a pretty decent formula there. Know.
3: And speaking of that
4: formula, do you, do you have to reinvent yourself every year? Not just you personally, but as a team. Are we going to see any strategical changes in uh, the way you guys went about it? Because it... No, I don't know all the, the details of what goes on, but uh, if you read the reports no, last year... You know most year, you, of them, you, mate. You're pretty hooked in. You're <laughs> your pretty sharp operator. Your game style was transformed last year, being more direct. Uh, is that going to yeah. be the case as well?
7: Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. We're always adapting, um, especially now. I guess we're sort of seeing it at the top of the pile. So um, people are going to try and figure out ways to, to take you down um, each week. and um, Yeah, it's to be honest, there hasn't been much, um, much change um, oh, really. Wow. We've got pretty much the same core group, um, and you know what we did last year was um, effective. But um, you know, we've always got to find ways to evolve um, on an individual level um, as
3: well as a team. How's the new grandstand looking down there? Yeah,
7: <laughs> it's coming along. Um, yeah, I don't know how we'll be going to the timeline, but um, time will tell. Um, but yeah, it'd be good once it's done to have forty thousand down at HBA would be pretty nuts, so um, looking forward to that.
3: And you mentioned Joel before, talking to Tom Atkins from mm-hmm. the Cats are at their camp in Warrnambool, you mentioned Joel before, um, they don't come along very often Joel Selwoods uh, it, it, do, you, do you notice him not being there?
7: Uh, yeah definitely the first couple of weeks is a bit weird um, you just get so used to seeing um, him around but um, to be honest it's, it's a bit of a brutal industry um, the one we're in, you know I've had you sort of lose five or six good mates every year. Um, And then, you know, you, you feel it in the first week, but then you, you move on and and you've sort of made, um, you know, new friends from the guys that come in. So, um, yeah, we definitely miss Joel, but, um, you know, it's just become normal now not having him around, I guess. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I'm sure he'd, Probably feel the same. Um, He's got Storm keeping him busy, so that's
4: true. Hey Tom, you've got some feedback that uh, apparently that you've upset a few down there because you keep knocking off the protein balls. Apparently, protein balls are uh, are your go. Uh, What what goes? What you got? uh, Protein ball issues. What's going on? Uh, no, I don't know. Do I? Is it? <laughs> What's wrong with the occasional uh, protein
7: ball? No, okay. That's Right, casual no, just, I don't know what you're having to go
4: anymore. No, well, what do you want him to go and eat sausage rolls? Do you? Well, no, but allegedly he, he, he might just be, just be just,
7: them, bit. stealing. Well, no, yeah, I'm a bit of a I've got a bit of a sweet tooth, and um, yeah, you can't really have any lollies and chocolate anymore. So um, protein, protein balls are meant to be meant to be healthy. So mm, they are. Um, Love Three or four of those will sort you out. whats you watch your,
4: what's your flavor Your, your go to flavor
7: uh peanut butter, right? love yeah. it, yeah. um, it's good peanut butter, no cars, it's all all healthy fats, so.
3: Gay worst, gay see, see, there's, one club, there's one club eating silkworms <laughs> and another club's eating protein balls. I think the Let's just see how they go. We'll I think just the protein balls make we'll just, a bit more sense. We'll just see how they go. I, is, do you want to tell us who's on the silkworms? No, nah, it, jo- yeah, it was the Giants. Yeah, they, they put it out on their social media stuff. So yeah, they're there they're going go. Mm. Donuts and all, all right. sorts of stuff. Yeah. Hey, uh, mate, enjoy the rest of Warrnambool. Uh, <laughs> we can't wait for the real stuff to start. Thanks yes. for joining us on the show. Oh, thanks so. for You're a good man, oh, yeah, Tom Atkins from the Cats. He's a Welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Now, We started the show in amongst a whole lot of other stuff, talking about this Manchester City situation, and you know it's obviously a you know, serious concern, mm. and who knows how it's going to well, play out. Well, we well we kicked around the fact that nothing may happen or something may happen, and we'll wait and see just how that tug of war and arm wrestle plays itself out. Andy Harper knows much more about uh, the likelihood of what might happen than the, that you and I do, and he's been good enough, as is always the case, to give up his time to have a chat about. Hmm. Another big story in the world of football, Harps. Thanks for joining us on the show, mate. Coco, how are you? We're good. Um, given the fact that UEFA had a dip at Manchester City a couple of years ago and, you know, Kaz intervened and said nothing to see here yep. – were you surprised yeah. that a couple of years later the Premier League have, have doubled down and brought their own allegations and charges against Manchester
0: City? Well, that's, that's a really inter- that is the interesting point here. Um, you would have thought that, that uh, the, the English Premier League has way more of a vested interest in Manchester City yes. um, <laughs> not having been put, to be put through the ringer again as they did with UEFA. Um, but I, I think you're drawing on the UEFA incident. Is quite proper because there was a lot of hand wringing around the incident and the issues and people just led to the conclusion that where there's smoke there's fire and the, the root of all evil uh, in modern football are operations like this therefore throw the book at them. And of course as, as you've quite rightly said um, the process that then went through didn't mean they got off scot-free but the penalties were severely reduced for mm. dodging financial fair play rules and And it might, you know, the cynics in us might think it's just a matter of how much you can pay your lawyers to get the best defence. And there could be an element of that as well. But the fact of the matter is, whatever was thrown by UEFA um, at the Manchester City situation, a lot of that washed away through the process. And I think it, it behoves well of us to just, uh, remember that as the hand wringing starts again now, and in one sense, I have no idea the degree of guilt or innocence of Manchester City. None of us do, until, unless you, you're seeing what's going on. We just read what we read. Um, a large part of the fallout, however, I am prepared to suggest, is a general angst in the in in fans, football fans, at where football, their sport, is heading with these the, you know these these massively wealthy organisations, yeah. hedge funds. American billionaires, Russian oligarchs, nation-states, etc. Um, and as much as anything, it's almost like a, it's a reflection of the disconnect that, that a whole army of fans are feeling from them and their clubs and the direction in which the top end of the game, which is English Premier League, is going. So got, we've got to be careful not to conflate the, the, this general attitude in the football community with what Manchester City might or might not have done. And if, of course, <laughs> they're guilty of, of whatever... Then I don't know. Do we sit back and wait to see how long the new Chelsea owner Uh, is not asked to stand (laughs) and give the count, Uh, and and then the Saudis in Newcastle and blah 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 blah. So a a lot of the I'm not saying they haven't. You know they're innocent or guilty. I have no idea. But um, I'm going to work as hard as I can not to be part. You know of the Madame Defarges with the many needles at the (laughs) at the French Revolution (laughs) just calling for that. You know. For the axe to drop, Let, let's just see how this washes out and there's going to be a lot to play. Hey Andy, I always just
4: assumed that uh, European football, it was free market. That if you've got the money, go ahead yeah. and spend it. And then as yeah. I get into this with the UEFA financial fair play rules and regulations, can you just take a step back for us and understand what is that all about and what are the objectives?
0: Well, it, it, European football was certainly a free market. And according to the view of some authoritative bodies, some people still treat it like a free market. And mm. that's what happening that thing with Manchester City now, in their view. But, but very clearly what the authorities decided they needed to do to, to, to protect the game, the integrity of the game, was to make sure that as much as they could without having salary caps, God, could you imagine trying to police AFL yeah. style or American sports style of salary cap in European football. 1,000 to 1. With, with, oh God, impossible. Yeah. So they have come up with these financial fair play rules, which is design, designed on... The front of the argument is they're designed to keep football from killing itself, to to stop clubs from spending themselves beyond... We've heard this all before with our own sports spending beyond their own means and to main, maintain some sort of semblance... Um, of connectivity across the levels of football, um, and to stop nation states, Russian oligarchs just washing money through the game um, that, that other people couldn't do. But, but that 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 is a fabrication of the true worth of the sport. So you can't out, you can't outspend what you earn. And the problems I think that have been that the allegations to, to to Manchester City in the meantime is that um, money that's been pledged to the club. Has, has come, you know, straight out of the nation-state wealth uh, of, of the UAE, um, and, it's, and it's not a function of the club's business operations or sponsorship value. Mm. I'm loosely sort of summarising here. And so the game's come up with this financial fair play. You can only spend X amount of what you earn. Now, in the AFL sense and in Aussie uh, Australian sports sense, you know, the percentage of clubs' expenditure or game expenditure to player salaries is hovers around the 40% mark, right? Yeah. In Australia, give or take, the, the sports scientists and sports administrators think 40% of the total budget, the, the total revenue pool, goes to player salaries, and we can live with that and invest in the rest of the game. I think financial fair play in Europe Hold on to your hats. Works on the basis of about ninety percent of the Ooh. revenue goes to
3: play. So, so the genies, out oh, the genie, close yeah,
0: to
3: the yeah well they are, and the genies out of the bottle on this one, Harps, and so I don't know how you put it back in. Gazy's view is we're having a chat off here. It's right? Not my view. I just no, I don't have the answer to. Yeah, but it's your your well, it's like well, they have what if have they've they done got wrong? The money what, and
4: yeah. they're paying their bills, and everyone's getting
3: paid. Yeah, then... but the, surely the problem is that the minute the people that own this hmm. version of Manchester City decide their days are done, they've they've achieved what they want to achieve, and, hmm. and they're going to spend their money elsewhere. What happens to Manchester City when this mob pull out? But that happens because, anyway. But no club can afford them after that. That's what surely, Harps, that's why the FIFA fair play regulations were brought in, in the first place because these clubs actually mean a bit. They mean a bit to people, have done for over 150 years in some cases mm. to a lot of people, and they just don't want it to be a plaything for some billionaire for 10 yeah, years until agree. he runs out, of, runs out of interest in it.
0: Or, or interest. No, look, I agree with that. that that's, that's tapped into, the, into a deep sentiment, and we saw all that, of course, with the European Super League. It's an excellent production on Apple Plus television, not that I'm speaking, um, you know subscription television here or streaming services, but it's a, it's a really brilliantly produced... Four four series four part uh, series on the war for football, which which highlights beautifully produced, highlights exactly this nexus between the the inexorable direction in which the game finds itself heading, with this massive money coming in against the historical interests of the fans and the connection of the fans and the huge the, the huge protests that came with those announcements scuppered the deal. I don't think it's killed it completely. They're still working on it, and indeed. Juventus, Barcelona and Real Madrid have refused to accept defeat. Um, You'd like to think they're still the soldiers running down the beach at Guadalcanal 60 years later still firing their weapon, (laughs) thinking the war's still going. Mate, that one's done. Let's let's, let's hope hope that's the case, but it's not quite gone away yet. And and look, this is football, potentially this is football's version of the subprime housing market that blew the global financial crisis into reality in 2008. You know, speculation, confidence, speculation, inflate the market here prices to players there, and it's the point at which you jump off that elevator. That's what these businessmen have to measure. And then what are we left with? It's so a we, game, and this is what mm. the authorities are trying to wrestle with. So
3: for you, Gazy,
4: mm. is that worth bearing in mind? I oh, mean, it absolutely is. And when the longevity and the fans and yeah, what yeah. is left, when, but they're all doing it just on different degrees. You could say the same about those that but, – but ultimately, the bills are getting paid. The bills but are getting paid. I understand if that. You read the, no, no, if I you understand. read the article in 2021-22, they yeah. profited £42 well, well, million. The, pounds. So the not prob- like
3: the clubs well, going to the Well, part of the problem is they're probably getting paid more than what sits on the books. Right. This is the whole problem. They haven't been mm. cooperative. Well, Eddie, how, we- how, with, the, with these, though, uh, what are the penalties? What
4: is the likely outcome oh. for the breaches yeah. that they've made?
0: I have no idea but the highlight the, the headlines that have been running today are sensational in the extreme like Manchester City did get kicked out of the English Premier no chance. League well no I, chance i'm not i wouldn't i'm not calling for it i just I believe it when i see it but it certainly gets your attention mm. now that what they've they've, they've they've identified or reported 100 plus breaches um, of of the proper conduct and the rules um, and the authorities will work through them i mean you know Manchester City have had to fend off this attack before from UEFA, as we've as we've discussed, uh, and now I don't know they're experiencing this. They'll they'll justify their position, I'm sure, through the courts. But um, I think one of the interesting things, and you highlighted it, is that their domestic organisation that's looking hard at them now, possibly with pressure from from the British government, uh, who who came under direct um, approach and attack from the fans in the Super League war. And, if this is you know, related to that fallout at all, well, let's wait and see. But there was a big move in the Super League um, in those four days of the Super League for the British government to legislate um, in favour of. I don't like you say, Gaby. How the hell do you set up rules that are yeah. that can manage this and affair about this? But. But there was a lot of pressure on the British government to actually come up with some sort of mechanism to protect football from itself.
2: Mm. Um,
0: and may, maybe this is all flowing on from that four-year investigation. I mean, there'd, there'd be highly experienced and, and credentialed professionals who've been building this case to put mm. Manchester City in the dock. And mm. in response, we can guarantee that Manchester City will have equally adept um, mm. defence prepared. And it's, it, it is going to be popcorn-chilling viewing. Is
4: what's happened here uh, the same as what's happened, uh, is it Juventus, that they've gone through the same, is it the same set of circumstances? It reads very similar.
0: Yeah, it, it seems to be. Um, and when you mentioned to, as I have done, um, the, the Juventus situation recently being dock points, and, and their first response is, well, this is this is the start of the get square for the European Super League, that, that was launched and then collapsed. And Juve, as I said, are one of the three clubs who's yet to concede defeat on this. Barca, Real Madrid and Juventus uh, have yet to concede defeat on the European Super League. Um, the, the simplest way around this, without it being simple at all, is for people just to realise we're, we're not allowed to spend so much money. This yeah, is that's like Spot on. Player, players getting paid £500,000 a week to kick a ball around. I mean, it's ludicrous. <laughs> no.
3: Uh, it's exactly yeah. right, and as we said before, the genie's out of the bottle. So if this is designed, if all of this is designed to put a cap on all of that harps, or maybe even try and get a bit of the journey, you know, back back in where the journey came from, uh, good luck because this it's it's actually out of control, and it's, I, don't,
0: I don't know how you do it. No, I really don't
2: no,
3: know how you do it. no, and it's not sustainable. You know, At the end of the day, it's not
0: sustainable. It isn't, you know. And you know, if if uh, yeah, I, I think. I'm going to speak on behalf of the of people in the world, particularly people in Australia and secondary, tertiary markets for football, but still part of this global um, movement. If there were some reticulating financial system where if the, if the big guys come in, the, the oligarchs and the billionaires and the hedge funds and this and that, and they want to tip money into the top end of town, then there needs to be a, commens- How about as a commensurate tax that then goes back into the bottom of the game around the world to fund coaching and development, et cetera. Because at the moment, it, it's all getting sucked up to the top. Um, and that's the English Premier League. Um, and, and that's not necessarily healthy because this is the biggest sport in the world with pretty much every every country on the world contributing, contributing to this business. Now, in a business sense, this is their defence point. They say, we're the ones putting on the show, we should get the money. But I don't think you can just cut away the top so-called top 10, 12 leagues in the world and say that that they're, they're not connected to the rest of the pyramid. They most certainly are, and they should contribute back to it. And the Super League saying that, um, as I learned watching that series, that they were going to put some sort of percentage back into the game, and we've heard all that before.
3: Yeah. Well, let's see if they do. Good luck Hearts were scratching the surface. You're right. Uh, popcorn at the ready. Uh, this is going to go for a while, and there's going to be some – uh, some juicy moments along the way. Thanks, as always, for joining us, and uh, we'll all watch this story play out together. We appreciate your time.
0: Meanwhile, Cocker, let's get out to the A-League and enjoy <laughs> some life There nice. you go. That's what we're all nice. about.
3: Andy Harper joining us on the show.
0: 23 minutes past four. Nice
3: to have you with us on a Tuesday afternoon. Johnny, we'll get to you in a moment. There is some... Uh, breaking news out of the UK. Oh, you uh, had to go earlier. Premier weeks. League uh, official has oh. been interviewed oh, no, on isn't. UK talk radio oh, about just... the Manchester United situation uh, and the Premier League's uh, response to it. Uh, we'll give you here's a bit of that interview.
1: Yeah, enough really is enough. We've been unequivocal about that, and, and so now we're taking a stand. How will you take a stand? Well, we've been unequivocal, as you know. Mm. So now we're being both unequivocal and and robust well that will show them but how well then the next time it happens we'll be clear-cut and unambiguous by doing something about it internally and then the time after that we're going to take drastic action so not the next time it happens but the time after unequivocally yeah and and they won't be getting away with it our message is crystal clear in two or maybe three times time you will be sorry and so what will you do in two or three times time We'll write an unequivocal tweet saying, stop Mm. doing this. Mm. And then if it happens again, I'm sorry, but we'll have absolutely no choice but to write another tweet. And what will the tweet say in two or three times' time? It'll say very robustly, enough is enough. Thank you. Enough's enough. Thank you. Yeah, stop it.
3: There you go. That's uh, strong stuff from the the, uh, EPL there. Uh, That was, (laughs) of course, uh, (laughs) that wasn't real. That was the exploding heads, just in case anybody out (laughs) there... On Twitter, they're worth a follow. And That's good little... effort by you. Thank you. Just they're bring really a little good. bit of something else to the table. Yeah, you know? yeah. no. It's unusual to have somebody on this program, uh, on this side of the screen, actually contributing an idea or two to the show. Oh, you're joking. Oh, I'm not joking at all. John's on the road. Surely you really haven't been listening to the quiz. <laughs> In time, we'll oh. talk about Andrew Gatins. So, and so just on the quiz. that he was a myth. Thank this you. is how committed he is to the quiz. Last week, just to take you into a bit of the backroom operations of the Don't show. Don't you dare. I will t- I will dare. We are thinking about the quiz last week, and you hadn't come up with any questions. about I had Whoa, whoa, what? Just let me tell the story, and then if the story's wrong, you can dispute it. Uh, we're about an hour away from showtime, so have you done your questions yet? And you said to Benny Line, just get the AI <laughs> thing to spit out 10 Australian sports questions. <laughs> and so Benny Line goes, did, 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 in the AI thing, uh, give us 10 Australian Completely. sports questions. Well, three of the first five, the answers were wrong, and you were going to go to air with that as a quiz. Now, is that true or not? That, is that, that true? That is
4: completely... That, no, that's ben, what happened. Ben, no, no, hang on. Ben, come in here. No, 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 no he's that, listen to, to say, me. That, that, right. That's
3: what happened.
4: But you took oh, it out you. of context. Right I, right know, I said, it. let's check the AI thing and let's see if it can bang out 10 questions. I was... I had the questions. Hey. Let's go
3: to Johnny on the road
4: at so, 26. So, so, sorry, sorry is
3: the word you're looking
0: for. Not to speak. I if been. I speak, I am in, in big trouble.
3: Sorry is <laughs> the word you're looking for. Why would
4: Because you completely... Just misrepresented what took place. If you need me to get Ben Hawaii
3: into the studio. Just
4: because everyone was on the tempered text machine was just raving about the quiz last week. Okay, don't take it to heart. Your jokes have fallen really, really flat. John's on the road. Comedy bits aren't landing that great today, fellas. But love the effort, four four seven. Thank you, love the effort. Take it on board. That's
3: love the effort. Lousy. It's all about the effort. Johnny's on the road. (laughs) At twenty six past four. Good afternoon to you, John. John Boy.
5: Yeah, thanks, boys. I'm just waiting in case guys needs to add something else before you reintroduce me again, oh, uh, Thank you, Andy. John.
3: Thank
2: you. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: Rageous, John. Stand by. Um,
5: <laughs> just in regards to the EPL saga, I reckon you're, you're on the money there about the um, let the elected genie out of the bottle, but I, I just wonder, Andrew, whether or not that means that your club and mine, uh, could that mean that if Man City get punished and they get severely punished, even though it might not be the most severe, could that mean a title or two coming our way? Because if, uh, if they get their championship taken away, mm-hmm. doesn't it
3: go to the second place? Well, yeah. No, no they, that won't happen. It, I doubt that. Is, no, I'm with you on that. Not going to happen. I don't think that'll happen, but it is mm. It is a potential penalty. But could be for this year. If they
4: fall no, out, no, and no, they, they Champions League could be in jeopardy no, this it's year. It's a potential it's penalty. where they finish. Well,
3: well, I know, you may know They're more. They are retrospectively going to take... Well, you know, Point. you may know more than several of the people that I've read uh, over in the UK who are experts well, in this I know field. What are you reading? With maybe but you're they not are reading saying that this is this is a potential. I can read without my glasses. Matter of fact, well, you are missing uh, some is, words. This is a potential. They can be stripped of. They can lose points this year. They can be stripped of titles, and they can be relegated mm. according to the print. That's this true. is all, That's and true. it's all without appeal. That is true. Which was the this is the vast difference mm. than uh, the UEFA finding a couple of years ago. Mm. Now you may have other information no, no, that no, I'm no. unaware of, but that is that is what is being no, speculated about. In fact, Craig Foster Craig, you, you don't think it's gonna happen. You don't think it's even likely to happen. This is what Craig Foster had to say okay. about what, what might happen to Manchester City.
0: Um, I'd boot him out. Yep. Um provided that these things are proven. Um, you know, it's it's clearly been systemic, it's been hidden, they have not... Uh, being transparent, even the UEFA and, and Court of Arbitration for Sport in their former ruling said that they did not cooperate with the investigation. Um, that already is uh, a cause for fines and possible points deductions. You know, it's a very serious matter that goes to the integrity of the competition itself. If it's proven and it's of a significant scale, which it appears to be, um, I would do what uh, a Serie A did with uh, Juventus and I'd boot them out of the competition and,
4: and uh, they'd have to fight their way back up.
3: Yeah, you you, that was with Heels and Paddy Welsh at Essienki. You, you might want to have a blue with Craig no, Foster. No, not at all. No, oh. I, I, oh. No,
2: I,
4: think I do not disagree with anything you said. I'm just oh. saying, that do, are you, do you honestly believe, based on the information we've read today and the feedback that we've received that they're going to be stripped
3: of titles and kicked out of the competition. So here's no, the, no, no, no. Answer uh, I the question don't, I, honestly, drop out of the no, quiz. No, no, I don't think that'll happen. Thank right?
4: you. That's all I'm saying. Oh, so but we but vehemently I won't agree. be
3: surprised if it happened. you know why? Yes. Because Manchester City dropped a little red herring. No, it's not a red herring. They dropped a little nugget. Right. A little nug mm-hmm. in the middle of all of this. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, there's, some, there's There's a white paper being written by the Premier League mm-hmm. that is going to be put to the key bodies yes. that will prove to all interested parties that they can determine their own self-governance, that they don't right. need to have any governance outside of the EPL. Right. A bit like the NFL. Mm. We will run our own race. We will run our own race, we will have our own rules, mm. and we will punish those, appropriately those who breach the rules. Right Now, Manchester City, this white paper is not far away mm-hmm. from being released. Manchester City believe that this is the EPL mm-hmm. showboating to a degree, making a, a point of Manchester City with this key mm. paper about to be delivered to all mm. key parties. And I don't know how, up, how far up the tree that goes, but I would imagine a fair way up. Now, if everybody's looking at the EPL saying, can you fanny can run your own race properly? Mm. Or are you going to go soft on people right. who do break the rules? Mm-hmm. Well, let's just wait and see how hard they go. This might be a uh, line in the sand moment. No, true. It
2: and, might very and, well
4: be.
3: And I think that would be a good thing if everyone was playing by the same
4: rules and there, there was the appropriate level of policing of those rules. I, I, I don't dispute anything that's – that I think we vehemently agree. What where we saying is the likelihood. I'm saying I don't think that there is any chance whatsoever that they're going to be – they might get stripped of points, absolutely, like we've just seen mm. recently with Juventus. Mm. But I can't see them saying, well, you've lost titles and you're going to be oh, kicked out that. of the competition. I'll be shocked
3: if that happens. But I'll be pleasantly shocked, I think, mm. if that happens. Yeah. It's 29 minutes to five. I want to talk about the Do you the you want them kicked out? Is that what you're saying? Well, if these breaches are proven, there's 106 breaches, mate. Right. Okay. 106. That's it's a not, lot. Not 10. No. And it's, over, it's systematic. It's over nine years. Yes. That's... that's that's does seem significant. That is flipping the bird. Mm-hmm. To the rules that exist yep. and apply to all other clubs. Mm. Now, if other clubs are making the same blues and deliberately breaching the regulations and rules that they all sign up to mm. play or under. Or inadvertently. Even if they inadvertently well, is, do it. Yeah, if the is, rules are yeah, rules. Yeah, this is not inadvertent. I no, believe. but I'm just this saying, is, you're just saying. If you blat- this is proven, this is systematic.
4: Yeah, but if the rules are so important, whether you do it accidentally or intentionally, well, you've that's still right. done it. That's so right. So who cares? And that's where, the, that's where that's
3: yeah. where the degree of the punishment Correct. We'll we'll meet the That's crime. That's where we're trying to get to. Let's get to the news. I want to talk to you about the Saints' story that uh, Mick Gleeson and Peter Ryan have written about St Kilda. Yes. Which takes a leaf, I reckon, out of the Geelong playbook. Well, I'll have a chat to you about that on the other side of this.
6: UK's biggest. Yeah. Big song boys, this back in the day.
1: Big song. And says it's cool, cool for cats. It's, it's cool for cats
3: cool for cats this son once yeah who is
1: done
3: hey uh, we mentioned Bit um, of punk,
4: that's punk isn't it no. falls in the punk genre i don't think so
3: i would have thought so no um, we mentioned uh, our Well wishes going out to Mick Roach and his friends and family at the start of the show. Roach, he's had a heart attack and we wish him all the very best. Some other sad news. Tony Burke, who will be a name known uh, to a lot of sports fans, particularly in this neck of the woods, was a magnificent racing rider for the age in particular for a very long period of time. Much respected um, uh, friend and colleague of many, many people who went through that organisation when it was... A very, very fine newspaper. Mm -hmm. In fact, probably the finest of them all. The broadsheet. Probably the finest of them all in this Mm. fair land of ours. Um, Passed away today. So our Mm -hmm. thoughts and condolences go out to Tony's friends and family. Um, I mentioned this story that's in The Age. Mick Gleeson and Peter Ryan, two fine journalists, might I add, Mm -hmm. who do top-shelf stuff. We spoke to Tom Atkins before, and Geelong's made this real habit of looking after its own backyard and investing in its own backyard and not turning up its nose at players who are doing, you know, their work in their own backyard. You know, there's some celebrated stories in that regard that have been, you know, Mm -hmm. Tom Stewart, of course, and Tom Atkins, and they've gone and got Oli Henry back to the footy club uh, this year. And even though it's only 70 Ks down the road, they're really playing their hand strong in that regard. Lifestyle, close to home, where you grew up. Um, You know, that sort of real... Geelong DNA. They, they want mm-hmm. to play that. It looks like St Kilda, according to this story that Mick Gleason and Peter Ryan have written, are going to do the same thing. They want to make sh- themselves, St Kilda, the first port of call for kids who are coming into the draft pool who are from the Morning to Peninsula or the southern suburbs of Melbourne. And mm-hmm. they really want to make themselves the club that if you are, you know, have been picked up by a club elsewhere and you want to get back to family and friends and back to where you grew up and your own neighbourhood – uh, they want to make themselves the club yep. for for those. Finn Callahan, Josh Sin, Ben King, mm-hmm. f- for example. If you're looking for examples of the types of players we're talking about out there who have been recently picked up and gone elsewhere, do you like the idea of this? Is there, a, is, well, there a, is there is there is there a card to be played along these lines? There is, but I think it's less than like the, a regional team like
4: Geelong or an interstate team. Mm because you can come back and still be back into familiar surroundings mm. and play for many other teams in this state. So it's it's nice, and I think it has merit. And they're, they're living by it when you look at uh, they've recruited Eck Carlton first-round pick yep, Liam yep, Stocker yep, this true. season. So they're actually putting into practice, now whether that's coincidental or not, but uh, I think that if you can develop any type of – Association geographically with a region where you have that affinity and there is a comfort level, then absolutely it's going to be another thing that you can hang your hat on in that recruiting process. I think in this instance it's not going to be as significant of a of a feature as compared to some of the other teams, but it's still if you put your effort to it, it still would have
3: some bearing, perhaps. Can, can you make it significant? Well, so how? Because okay, you... I'll give you an example. Mm. So Geelong. Geelong, just using them as the example that's operating yep. now. They they did take Tom Stewart and they did take Tom Atkins. Yes, they were playing local footy in in the Geelong area, and they took a punt on those blokes based on their own intel. Hey, we've got a couple of blokes who have been overlooked. He won at twenty three, mm. one at twenty four. They're in our backyard. They're, they're playing in our leagues. They're going well. Mm. Now, okay, they've been overlooked in a couple of draft years, but they're going pretty well. We should take a punt on these blokes and bring them in, even if it's on a rookie list. Bring them in on a rookie list, see how they respond Mm -hmm. when they get into our environment. If St Kilda's fared income about this, and they've got their facility down there at Moorabah now, they've invested Mm -hmm. tens of 50 or 60 million bucks in that down there. It's where the Sandy Dragons are based, it's where the VFL uh, Sandringham Zebras are based. They've got all of these players in the catchment in that Mm -hmm. area. Take a punt. Well, I Take think, a punt on a couple of these blokes. But Andy, if, if there's a couple mm. of players who have been overlooked, mm. don't just look for the obvious ones who are first and second round draft picks. Mm. Take a punt on a couple of these blokes and see if... Mm. And then you get everybody thinking, oh, they are really committed to what they're but, doing here. But Andy, I think
4: in our circumstance, in the context of Victorian teams...
3: I know what you're saying. You're going earlier. to do
4: the same if they're in the West. If, if there is a kid... In the western suburbs, I in that same category, you, you're going to have the same type of lens because you want
3: the best kid. I understand that. I understand what you're saying. Of course, they're going to look for the best talent, but if they're fanning them about this, if they're fanning them about making themselves representative of this area, well, I think this... if you've got okay, here's an example, right? If you've got a kid uh, over in Melton who's going well and you've got a kid in Bo Morris who's going well. And mm. they're both 22, and mm. they're playing in whatever leagues they're playing in. And, okay, the kid in Melton, you might have him a whisker in front. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a rookie draft. You mm. will pick 35 in a rookie draft. Mm. The kid in Melton, you might have him one or two spots on your draft board higher than the kid in Bo Morris mm. or Mentone or, or Blair Gowry. You know what? From a draft perspective. Yeah, in, in some mm. like the Take the kid. From your back at the... So
4: oh Andy, I think they'd already do that. Well, when I think this well, I is, I, more, I
3: think this is what they're declaring they're going to do, Keith.
4: Well, I think that, but I think they'd already do that right now. Even now, if you're talking about a draft kid, this to me is more about because of the draft, we've lost someone, we've lost someone like the King brothers, and well, got one how of them. can we like? Excuse me, the other King yeah, brothers. Yeah. So how can we bring him back? And to have an extra incentive that you've invested in those kids at a younger age. You've already built that connection to them Mm -hmm. through your club. And now we've got another tool to get that kid that everyone's looking for. Here is going to be the point of difference for us because you've seen us, you know, our culture, you've been in our program with those other leagues that, that get somehow gets to touch the AFL team. Mm -hmm. That is where I think the big incentive is. But I I, for for all the Victorian clubs, they have a much bigger advantage because they can pull on all the different regions. No, no, true that. Mm. There's
3: no argument. I don't think they're saying they're only going to take kids from the Mornington Peninsula and the southern suburbs exclusively. No, No, but I I think I think clearly what Simon Left is saying in the Gleason Wright story is that. We're interested in making this a real selling point of our footy club, and um, we want to be the magnet for all of these kids who... Who And it is a unique mm. part of Melbourne. It, there, it has got some unique elements to it. It's not like living in Box Hill or mm. living in... Uh, in in a northern suburb or out mm. west, the the bayside lifestyle is one that is very particularly coveted by certain people. I wonder if St Kilda people like it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Gazy's making the counterpoint. He's not disputing the fact that no. there's merit in all of this, obviously. But is this something that St Kilda can use? as some sort of leverage in either getting kids back. Should they be taking a punt on one or two players every year from that area? Or is it something that they should be spending time and energy developing? If you like the idea of it, um, share your thoughts. one three hundred seven
2: three 736 736
3: thirty minutes to five. Before we get to a couple of calls on this and Kilda's story, story, Scotty and yes. Jamie have jumped on the line. you got a bit of... Uh, Feedback on the uh, on the 40 winks temper text. There's a
4: lot of feedback, and, and this sort of summarises, I think, the bulk of the feedback, and this is from uh, 420. I'm a Saints member for my whole adult life, paid for myself and my wife and the kids. I don't care where they find these kids from. <laughs> I couldn't care if we find them in China. Just give me a flag, FFS. Fair enough. Oh, I get that.
3: I get that. I understand where that bloke's coming from, and that's that's pretty common. Okay, Scotty's in Seaford. I wonder whether he thinks the same thing and feels the same way. Good afternoon to you, mate.
6: Uh, g'day, fellas. I was just—I uh, think they had that opportunity when they built that new club rooms in Belvedere. Yeah, too far for the players to come down for coffee.
3: Moorabbin's better though, isn't that's it, Scotty? True. They, they realised Seaford was just for a whole lot of reasons not quite right, mm. but they've, so they've come back to the. Spiritual kind of homeland. Beautifully located. It's great, isn't it? So, so, Morabin's uh um, Morabin feels like the right place, doesn't it?
6: Oh, I don't know. You know, look, they've always had the opportunity to tap down the peninsula. You know, I remember Trevor Barker coming to me school when I was a kid. Um. So, they've always had that opportunity down sea. So, but how, how the, old are you,
3: Scotty? How old are you? 50. So you're talking about the days when there were zones. And I was talking to Keithy about this uh, yep. during the ad break. And it's, it's some, I don't know about you, Scott, but there was something there was something romantic mm. about the the zone, the nature of zoning. A little and corruptible, though. It wasn't 100% foolproof. <laughs> and no. in the National League, it needed to be changed. But, Scotty, I reckon there's still room for mm. partial zoning, uh, where clubs commit to areas like you're talking about Um, I don't know. You you need to sit down and really work your way through what the rules would look like governing that. But I like the idea that clubs committed to players, to zones and things like that. Trevor Barker getting down to your primary school Mm. and that became... Um, a a childhood memory and a connection to the footy club. So I reckon there's room for a bit more of that. Hey, well done, Scotty. A double pass to the
4: Summer Festival at the Valley, the 17th of February. Fun for all, the Summer Festival at the Valley, January 21 to February 24. Tickets at thevalley.com.au. But our man, Scotty, off you go. Couple courtesy of Andy and
3: Gazy. And and the team out the back Ah, and and upstairs. Yeah, they do a good job. Jamie's in Frankston. Good afternoon to you.
7: Good boys. Yeah, look, I completely agree with Scotty. It, it, it's a strange strategic move when they kind of turn their back on Seafood um, and the Mornington Peninsula. I, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you then um, strategise to have players in that area? Hmm.
3: Well, they've. I can't. Well, I can see. I can see the point you're making, uh, hmm. and they and they did put a toe in the water and realise it was a bit too far. Or maybe they needed to go further down the beach and, and set up a base mm. further down the morning to, potential, to Peninsula and do the whole thing. I think there's somewhere in there, if, if they deliver on this as, a, as mm. a commitment, I think you can turn this into something. Oh, I, I don't know what it looks mm. like down the track, but I think you can turn this into something. To me,
4: the sell is, and this is where you, you, you run the risk of cultivating talent that might be picked up to others. But getting I'm real young... And then building an affinity with kids that might turn out to be stars that you might lose. So you're going to invest in some kids. Well, now you're talking about the zone. This is where you might... And you might lose them, but at the end of the day, you've built that affinity with them wherever they come from. They don't necessarily have no, to be not, from there. No, no
3: we, I, we understand that, but we're, we're not looking at that. We're looking at this. I, I understand you.
4: Pete's in uh, Hang on, hang oh, on. I oh, oh, beg your pardon. Jeez. Jamie, we've got some things to sell here, Andy. Uh, we're coming up to Valentine's Day. Well, you've just hit the jackpot. An Eternity Rose. This is Valentine's. Spoil her with a rose. A real rose dipped in genuine gold. Go to eternityrose.com au For the perfect
3: Valentine's nice. gift. Nice, Keith, and nice, Jamie. Pete's in Essendon. Uh, good afternoon to you, Peter. Uh,
5: yes, uh, good afternoon, boys. Um, now, Andy, um, for the life of me, I've been watching Foxtel, um, you know, they're showing the games at night, the past games. Yep. Now, they're all, I'm not talking about the 50s and 60s here, I'm talking about the 2000s and 13, 14, yeah. etc. Now, there was no stand rule, and the game's quicker. For the life of me, I can't understand how they ticked that off, this this stupid stand. <laughs> um, it, it slowed the game down because our boys are too busy giving 50s for moving a fingernail. Those <laughs> games are fantastic.
3: Uh, well, it was, well it, I think we've been over why they did it, and you've, it's an observation you've got, Peter, and coaches were taking advantage of the inside ball, the inside defender and out of the zone and stopping the inside kick. And uh, there was a slowing down in the flow probably in the for, the next two or three years after the years that you're referencing. Hey, for what it's worth, Pete, and we haven't touched on this because while we're on holidays, maybe we should do it in the last half hour of the show. I reckon the alterations they've made to the stand rule uh, for 2023 make a hell of a lot of sense Hmm. and uh I, I think you're going to make the game even better so hey people we'll have a chat about hmm. it on the other side of the we'll have a chat about it on oh, the other okay. side of the uh, of the five o'clock news we've got to get to a break Kurt. it's superb to have you with us on this uh Tuesday afternoon we wouldn't be here without the great people at Berrick boom WWE are going to be down there later in the month for an OB make sure you come on down have a look at their EVs. they are next level the series seven sedans my glory filled days you would your jaw will drop when you see it. Uh, so, the great people at Berwick BMW, great to have you back on board. Book your summer service today at Berwick BMW and Roto Flex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Uh, Peter Harvey about to join us, the um, historian at the Hawthorne Footy Club. But Trent in Kiton has jumped on the line. Yes. Trent, why have you called us Trent? Trent, Trent. are you there? Oh, don't tell me he's dropped out. He oh, has. Trent. Don't tell me. He has. Is he dropped out? Trent's dropped out. He called because he heard. The secret he sound. He heard this. Now, there was a full board of calls. There was. Because every day we're going to play that. Rod's going to play it every day. And if you're the first one through, you're going to win well, a prize. I'm going to give Trent the chance to
4: call back because he's picked up a Signet Boost Power Bank value oh, at fifty nine ninety five. He's also picked up the Goat of Melbourne Mexican food. Wait on. It's, wait
3: on. He's there. Oh, is he? So you can tell him what he's won. Trent, have we got your back?
6: Yeah, mate. Sorry about that. Oh, oh, Trent. You, you just... wouldn't put us
4: on hold or something, did you? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: Again, no, no you... I didn't, Keith. But what have right. you given? What have, uh, what's Trent won, Trent... mate? Hey, Trent, you're with us? <laughs> just giving me his yes, prize. Yes. Oh, Trent, you've picked up a prize because oh. you've uh, identified the secret sound. Congratulations. You've got the Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at $59.95. Yes. You power 24 7. Any device you 24 want. 24 hours a, a day. day. And you've you. also picked up, but uh, if you like a bit of Mexican, the goat of Mexican. Melbourne Mexican food is the La Cabra, and you've picked Super. up a $50 La Cabra voucher. Both those prizes coming your way, deliciously powerful <laughs> prizes. Good luck to you. And every day, we, we, every day until the prizes run out. So probably the whole year, we will have the secret sound.
2: True.
3: Every day. And hopefully Rod will be here every day to play it. And Ooh. it's become... An integral part of our show in a very short period yes. of time. People look forward to it. Mm. It's like the little hook in the old Jeff Hook cartoons that we mentioned last week. Yes. Yeah, every morning you'd get the sun mm. and you'd look for the little hook. Where's he got it this week? Some weeks were easy yep. to find. Others were not so easy. It's not, a, it's not a novel idea. A lot of programs do it, but not
4: with the style I'll tell you that you what, we deliver.
3: Pete Haby is going to, he remember the hook in the Jeff Hook. Uh, awesome. cartoons in the uh, in the Herald back in the early days. He's been contributing to the Hawthorne Football Club well, officially since 1978 probably uh, from an emotional perspective started before that the AFL Life Membership Awards were handed out. Uh, today they're all announced and, and principal amongst them all and coveted uh, as it should be is the Jack Titus Recognition of Service Award. Uh, it's awarded to people who go way beyond the call of duty to contribute to their footy club and Peter Haby has done that as the historian uh, and museum curator of the Mighty Hawks, and he's been good enough to join us. Hey, Peter, thanks for joining us on the show, mate, and congratulations. Well, thanks, buddy. It's great. Was it, uh, Where did? What was when you first heard that this award was being uh, handed to you? What was your reaction?
6: Well, Gil McLaughlin actually rang me up about a month ago. Yes. And... Uh, Fortunately, I recognised the voice on the phone and I uh, we ended up having quite a chat for about ten minutes on the state of footy in Melbourne and uh, the Hawks Museum. It was really good.
3: That's great, mate. Fantastic stuff. How did you get into it? So you started back at Hawthorne in, officially in 19... You, you see the, your list of... Uh, your commitment to the Hawthorne Footy Club has been put out by the AFL um, alongside the you know, announcement of you being the recipient it's this outrageous. year. The Hawthorne Footy Club research at the MCC, VFL and State Libraries, you started back in 1978. Why? What was your, what was your, your hook into the Hawthorne Footy Club?
6: Uh, when I was in grade three at Heighton State School <laughs> down at Geelong, um, mum put a Cornish card in my play lunch and it happened to be Butch Pryor. Yes. This is back in 1949, and that's Jeez. when the love affair started. And mum was a full-on cat supporter, and uh, years later we found out that mum kept the Geelong cards and gave all the other cards <laughs> to, uh, to her kids. That's where it started from. Just fell It might sound uh, uh, odd, but it was the brown and gold colours that Butch Pryor was wearing, the brown guernsey with the gold V.
3: Now, what can you tell us about Butch Pryor?
6: Well, it got the, the, the Butch Pryor story. Um, well, he was, uh, he, kicked, he topped the goal kicking at Hawthorne for three years in a row there in the late 40s. Yeah. And he played through to about 52. Um, and then years later, uh, we put an ad. This is when I was uh, uh, hunting uh, Maybloom Guernsey for the uh, club collection when we started up the museum at Glenferry. Um, I put an ad in Hawk Talk and uh, Butch Pryor's wife rang me up to say I was teaching at the time and uh, she rang me up while I was in class and said uh, that I uh, had my facts wrong. Um, (laughs) uh, At that time time, Hawthorne had forgotten that uh, they were christened the Hawks in 1943 and they just assumed that um, they were the Hawks in 1950 when they went to the Vertical Stripes. And uh she rang me up to say, Well, she's got a Guernsey that matches the description, but it was a hawk's guernsey. Mm. Um and uh that that uh, and then she, she brought it in and presented it to the museum. So uh my childhood hero when I was about six or seven, um uh what would that be, sixty uh, fifty years later or something like that, I met his wife and uh she passed out to the Guernsey which uh to this day, is our oldest gun in our collection. Um, that was from 1949. Oh, gee, what wow, a beautiful story! Great story. story. Well, it leads
4: into my question, Pete, and that was when you go through and uh, you look at all the the incredible history of the Hawthorne Football Club. And when you're doing the research to do all this, what's the thing that that jumps out the most? Is there something in particular that Hawthorne fans have perhaps uh, don't focus in on uh, enough or is there something, uh, a little bits of information that that, that maybe uh, has excited you when you've gone through it all?
6: Uh, well, I, I, I did a lot uh, setting up the hard way, the book for Harry Gordon, yeah, although yeah. Harry wasn't on board at that time and back in 84, he came in later. And Hawthorne um At that time, they only wanted to write their history book from 1961 when they won their first flag.
2: Mm -hmm.
6: And then uh, Brian Canton and a couple of the guys who played in the second 18s, uh, side that won the 58-59 second 18s premiership, they said, well, shouldn't we be part of the history? And uh, eventually, after a few debates and chats in the club, uh, they thought they'd uh, go back to 1925 when they actually joined the VFL. Uh, and then the mystery was uh, at that time they thought Hawthorne uh, initially started in 1873 uh, and that proved to be uh, not correct. Uh, we actually started in 1902 mm. and um, we played our first number of years in the Metropolitan uh, Football Association until nineteen thirty and then joined the VFA uh, for nine years and uh, that part of Hawthorne's story was completely forgotten or wasn't kept a record of. I, I put a lot of that down to Hawthorne never had any success. Yeah. And you really only keep your successful stuff yeah. and the stuff that's not successful eventually finds its place in the trash can. <laughs> right.
3: Where was the first home ground, Peter? Beg your pardon?
6: Where was that though, going
3: back to 1907, I think it was, mm. the year where, you, where you've narrowed it down to the official commencement of the oh, footy no, club? No. No, no
6: Hawthorne, Hawthorne started in 1902.
3: 02. Where was their first home ground?
6: Um, well, they initially started at uh, Grace Park, which is Glen Ferry, yep. and uh, then they moved to, uh, I've got to get the order right, the Richmond Race course for one year. Yep. They played at Punk Road for one year, and then they played at um, the Old East Melbourne um, uh, football ground, which was down near the MCG where the rail Yards were. Uh, which was also the Essendon home ground before they went to Windy Hill. And uh, in uh, 1906, um, the sports ground was opened up and uh, Hawthorne returned and uh, played there for 100... the club was there for 100 years. Uh, and they eventually went and played home games up at Princess Park in 73. Yep. And then uh, moved to the MCG... Uh, moved to Waverley and across 91, 92 and then... The MCG and uh, at the end of '99,
3: start with the start of 2000. So, so let me from that 1902 beginning. Looking at your CV again, here, Peter. We go to 1996, and amongst the many things that you've you've done for the footy club, you're a member of the operation. The operation payback steering committee. We remember what was going on in the end of 1996 season. It was a pivotal moment for the footy club. Well, what was the what was operation payback? All about and and what was your role on that committee?
6: Oh, we had all sorts of roles. Um, uh, Well, uh, the club the club uh, became bankrupt virtually, uh, and they couldn't get uh, the money from the banks. Uh, Melbourne were looking for facilities uh, and had the money. And uh, They didn't have the facilities and they thought they could get together. But the Hawthorne members, uh, led by Don Scott and Leon Rice, um, they had a bit of a campaign that uh, the members should have a, vo- a voice. Yep. Uh, uh, did the members want to retain an individual club called the Hawthorne Footy Club? And that sort of struck a chord with the majority of the, the members and uh, they voted for it, uh, the club to... Uh, uh, stay as its own entity
3: was it, did you ever have any genuine fears that that it might have been the end?
6: Oh yes, uh, we all went to that last game against Melbourne in uh, ninety six which we call the merge match, where yep. we won by a point. We all went there thinking that was possibly the last time Hawthorne would play because uh, I think most of the members I knew if uh, Hawthorne and Melbourne emerged they would have walked away from footy a lot like what happened with Fitzroy supporters and uh, yep. the, uh, the South Melbourne supporters.
3: Did you ever ask Chris Langford for that jumper as he walked off the ground and took the jumper off and thrust it towards the fans in the stands? Did you ever ask Chris for, for that jumper for the museum?
6: Yeah, Yes, I did. Uh, at, uh, we, uh, after the merge, uh, we uh, ran what was called the Captain's Pie Night. It was the first function... Uh, um, uh, to get the club back together again, and uh, we invited all the living captains at that time. Dunstall was the current captain, and I wrote it to because uh, there's no emails in days. No. I wrote a letter to Chris Langford asking about his Guernsey, and uh, on the night of uh, when we had all the captains lined up on stage and when he walked on stage, he I could see he a uh, Hawthorne Guernsey wrapped up and he just threw the Guernsey at and said, That that's for you, Pete, You look after it. <laughs> that is
2: fantastic.
6: Um, oh langers, like, like, you know, those guys from the eighties and the seventies they're uh, they're very appreciative of uh what we call um the past players trophy room, which is the museum. Yep. And Chris was uh, Chris was good like that, uh uh yeah
4: hey Pete Pete, when you talk about that, what was your most fondest memory your your, your best era that you, you went through because you've been able to see a few areas of success along the journey uh, is it does well, anything my,
6: is, my best memory of Hawthorne is after the merge meeting uh we went back to the past players at Gwent ferry and uh celebrated and uh, that's when we met Ian Dicker for the first time and uh Oh, I don't know, way past midnight, we thought we'd go and have kick a kick to kick on the oval and so who could kick to the her there was torpedoes and do fingertip marks and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And those are all those semi-middle-aged ancient people. And uh, we had school the next day. <laughs> don't know how I got to school, but uh, about 4 o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call and it uh, was Don Scott on the phone. He said, Peter, we've still got a club.
2: Oh, yeah, perfect. And... Uh,
6: that's uh, the best memory I've got of Hawthorne because if uh, Scotty and Leon hadn't have done what he did, uh, you wouldn't be having this conversation with me now. Mm.
3: Last one before we let you go. Who's yeah. the, of, of all the people you've documented and all the people who hold such a special place in you know, the museum and the history of your footy club, in the history, and you can only have one, Peter, there's no dancing around the edges here, who's the most important person in the history of the Hawthorne Football Club?
6: Uh, the most important person, mm. uh, well, if I can say the most important person as regards a player, uh, particularly in the 80s, that was Chris Muir. Uh, mm. Alan Jones used to delight in telling Dermot and uh, huh. and uh, Dipper that he actually would, on a Thursday night, put uh, Chris Muir's name up at centre-half back and then build a side around Chris. And uh, those two guys, according to Ellen at the time, they were just add ons. <laughs> right. uh, sure, it's... it gets up the nose a dipper and derby. A bit, <laughs> sure, but, it does. Uh... Uh, it's not. I'm, imagine how You can imagine how Jersey would have enjoyed that.
3: I'm sure he would have. I'm yeah. not, it's not the answer I was expecting from you, Peter. I must say that it's a delightful one. Thanks for joining us, mate. We've only scratched the surface. When you make a contribution or footy club, the type that you've made to Hawthorne, uh, you can never encapsulate it in a 10 or 12-minute chat. But we just wanted to, uh, on behalf of everybody here, yes. acknowledge your contribution and your receiving of the award and give you a, a, a pat on the back for it. So keep up the good work. Um, and thanks for joining us on the show this afternoon.
6: Oh, thanks, guys. All the best. Good on you, Peter man, Haby, the Pete.
3: recipient of the Jack Titus Award for services beyond the call of duty to his footy club.